You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. A very good morning to you. It is Monday the 24th of July and you're watching Breakfast with me, David Bull, here on Talk TV. Coming up, Corfu has become the second Greek island to mount evacuations because of wildfires as travel companies scramble to repatriate thousands of tourists from the island of Rhodes. Rescue flights to the UK begin today, but the Foreign Office has been accused of acting too slowly. Meanwhile, the row over net zero continues, with Tory MPs now in open revolt over government policy. And three more banks are now being investigated by the Treasury over concerns that accounts were being closed for political reasons. The time is 6.33 and this is Talk Breakfast. Well, a very good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company this morning. As I was saying to James, honestly, the, the scenes that are coming out of Rhodes and now Corfu are truly heartbreaking, actually. Travel companies now scrambling to repatriate thousands of tourists as a result. We heard about uh, the evacuations from Corfu by boat. Some of the pictures in the papers this morning, very, very disturbing indeed. Um, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Emma Revel, political commentator this morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. I mean, this is a huge story. It's pretty much in every single newspaper this morning. And, and just in terms of the, the sheer horror, this is something people look forward to. This is their holiday. You know, you go on holiday to have a nice time, N- not, to, not to, to run away to feel terribly frightened. As, as I said, actually, some of the pictures are very distressing indeed. Mm, all of the newspapers have got quite a, a wide range of, of pictures of, of you know, very small children, families running away, hiding in boats, people sleeping on sort of sunbeds effectively in either outside or, you know, in schools that have been converted for, for sort of emergency 
accommodation, as it were. But I can't imagine how terrifying it must be Not for the locals as well. You know, there are businesses, there are homes being destroyed by these fires. You know, it's not just just the tourists who are affected. And, and just the, the scale of it, 30,000 people on the move now yeah. as a result of this. As, we, as I said, of course, travel companies now scrambling to repatriate thousands of tourists. Uh, also, EasyJet now running three repatriation flights. I think two start today. There's another one tomorrow as well. Also, finally, TUI, Jet2, saying they're cancelling all flights to the island. There was a lot of pushback about this. I mm. heard from people saying they contacted those tour operators. They were told they could travel. Yep. They got to the islands to find that they were then evacuated. Yeah, people, stories in the papers of people arriving at the airport to be told, oh, your hotel is closed or your hotel is in danger, you know, find somewhere else to go. That must be... I can't imagine arriving on my holiday with a couple of kids in tow and having to to deal with that situation. Absolutely right. And the uh, the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, FCDO, have sent a rapid deployment team to help tourists, which obviously is much needed. Mm. But at the same time, Alicia Kearns, the Tory chairman for the House of Commons Foreign Affairs Committee, said, uh, quite frankly, ministered, ministers had acted too late. Mm. Yeah, I, these fires have not come out of nowhere they've been going on for a couple of days and i think there are questions about the foreign office and the travel companies as well because as you say Mm. people have been ringing up going is my holiday still happening is the flight still happening and if they were told oh yeah it's fine only you know wildfires are incredibly unpredictable and their direction can can change with the winds but you would expect a little more from the foreign office and the travel company well well, you would indeed and i'm hoping this is the end of it i think they're hoping the heat wave will pass Mm. and of course it's very easy and i was talking actually to to vanessa who's australian downstairs and and she was saying that in australia of course they're very prepared for this and you just don't throw pieces of glass away it only takes the glass to magnify the sun's rays and off a fire goes and of course i'm not sure that maybe they were as prepared as they should have been but obviously the temperature is very high let's talk about something else if we may um i find this really fascinating over the weekend when i was doing weekend breakfast we talked about michael gove saying net zero should not be a religious crusade mm-hmm. this is on the back of course of the uxbridge by-election yep. and the pushback against ULES. and pretty much emphasizing what i've said all along what talk tv has said all along which is actually do you seriously have the public support mm-hmm. and now jacob reese mogg has weighed in he says uh, that actually we need to be very careful about these net zero policies. He says uh, that actually they need to scale back the net zero policies to help the Tories win the next election. This is this is the new um, battlefront, I think. Yeah, it's certainly uh, dividing both Labour and the Conservatives, I think, in, in response to the Uxbridge by-election, especially the role that you, Les, played there. I think it's tricky because actually if you look at the polls uh, and net zero in the abstract, polls incredibly well. With all, with almost everyone across political parties. But it parties. depends on what you're asking. What, yeah. what are you asking? So, like I say, in the abstract, yes. do you support net zero? Should we reduce our, you know, carbon emissions? Should we do more to tackle climate change? Absolutely. Where it becomes a problem is where people see it as they're being treated like a cash cow, or they're being punished for choices they made. Well, we need to look at inno- we need to look at net zero in a sort of a, an innovation and incentives kind of way, rather than punishing people for you know doing things like driving their cars, which is how they see you even though that's not how it's set up that's not how it's supposed to be but isn't it about the the passage of time the fact is that you're absolutely right i think most of us do want to move to a greener future Mm. the question is the timeline you know if you say you're going to do it by tomorrow and that you're going to have to lose your car and you can't actually run your business then most people actually say no i'm not in favor this is what i'm saying so you need to incentivize the innovation that's going to get us there so you know when it becomes easier and cheaper to buy electric vehicles because there are more 
companies investing in them. People go, oh, that seems like a good alternative. That's something I'll consider. When it's presented, as ULEZ often is, is we will charge you for driving your car, then people understandably respond in a very different way. Well, quite. And it's going to be really interesting watch to watch how mm. that sort of uh, sort of unravels, I suppose. Also, uh, Nigel Farage, this scandal continues, actually. He is now actually taking this to the Information Commissioner. And we, we've heard a lot about this, Nigel Farage being debanked by Coots. Also, what I find really interesting is there are now three more banks that are being investigated, Metro, Yorkshire Building Society and American Express. This comes on the back of uh, Richard Tice, the leader of Reform UK, saying Reform UK was debanked, mm-hmm. that he himself was debanked by American Express. I'm deeply concerned about what this says about freedom of speech. Yeah, it's a very... I have a strange position on this because I do think that banks, where they're private institutions, should be able to make whatever choices they want about their customers. Now, I'm not saying that we necessarily will agree with the decisions that they make. And certainly, you know, a lot of them can backfire from a PR perspective. I don't think any bank is coming out of this well when they, you know, talk about uh, customers they may or may not wish to have in their organisation. I think Coots specifically, when you're almost quite a considerable amount owned by the taxpayer, then that's a different conversation to be having. So that so that's really interesting. The fact is we own it. Mm. And so therefore, is it in the gift? And I think just in terms of, of where this goes from here, the BBC obviously deeply involved in this. Mm. Simon Jack, obviously not apologising at the moment. He said he had a very good source. Of course, Alison Rose, he, it appears he sat next to her. And then, of course, the question is, should the BBC apologise? If the information is wrong, which it looks like it was wrong, and actually Coots has the discretion mm. uh, to, to actually waive that minimum threshold, uh, which I know very well. And the fact fact is that Nicholas Owen, now a veteran broadcaster, who I also know very well, he says it's time for the BBC to put its hands up to say we got it wrong. The BBC does love to make itself the story. (laughs) They they can't avoid making themselves the story in these things. Uh, I I think, yeah, they should probably, if if the quote was reported in good faith from a reliable source, I don't think you should necessarily apologise that. Correct the record, which they absolutely have done. They have. Um, And I think reflect that, you know, information that was earlier reported is no longer accurate. But I don't necessarily think they should apologise when you have a, a solid source that you can back up. It's not necessarily, you know, your fault that it was wrong. Interesting. That story also will run. There's another story, and and I find it odd the way that Ukraine is top of the agenda, then it disappears off the agenda, and obviously the news cycle is such that that happens. But there's a story this morning in the Telegraph saying Belarus is struggling to restrain Wagner mercenaries from attacking Poland. This is according to Lukashenko. This is a deeply disturbing story indeed. Of course, Poland is actually mobilising more soldiers to the border. They're deeply concerned. And Poland sits on the border of Lithuania, Belarus, Ukraine, obviously. If this was to happen, Mm. if Poland was to be attacked, that escalates this considerably. It does. And, and the Wagner Group are operating not just, uh, you know, in, in Ukraine and neighbouring countries, but across Africa. And I think the more that people learn about this organisation, the more they're horrified by what Russia, and it is state-backed, you know, what Russia is effectively doing across the world, using mercenaries uh, for things it wouldn't necessarily want its own army to be engaged in. No, indeed. And of course, Poland, part of NATO, mm. an attack on one is a, an attack on all. Mm. And so again, deeply concerning. And, and then finally, if I may, I saw this story and I sort of my mouth dropped open. Network Rail, obviously, uh, spent £10,000 a week on plane tickets for staff because it was cheaper than taking the train. 
I think we all know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I mean, it's absolutely true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, completely. I, incredibly shocking, though, to to see that Network Rail are doing this, but also reasonable. You know, they're not they're they're just trying to you know make their expenses work, I suppose, and cheap using the cheapest route. But it's ironic that the thing they're responsible for running. Uh, is is not a so, so a therefore thing. doesn't it show actually the network doesn't work and the fact mm. is that if we are pursuing green policies don't we want people on trains rather than pricing them off the trains yeah I mean France uh, I think uh, I'm right in saying is has banned short domestic flights and you know encouraged people to take other routes because they consider that airplanes are not the greenest route but you know that's just going to be forcing up people's costs well of course it is and, and Michelle Handfort one of the directors who owns three hundred and thirty thousand cost the company almost eight thousand pounds for thirty five internal flights. 72 of the internal flights were from Birmingham to Glasgow. By the way, that is a direct train route run in this country and therefore it is rank hypocrisy to be jumping on an aircraft when you're running the network. Yeah, I don't think there's any real way to defend this. You know, they'll say it it was cheaper, but you know, your 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 network rail. It seems absurd that you're spending this money on flights. Absolutely right. Uh, Thank you very much indeed for the moment. Uh, So uh, one of those headlines this morning was about uh, the government in open revolt now over net zero. This is on the back of, of course, of the Uxbridge result uh, and ULES, and we've now got Michael Gove saying "Mm, it shouldn't be a religious crusade. Jacob Rees-Mogg now wading in. Tory MPs now thinking maybe. This is the new battlefront in terms of the election, which is coming up over the next year. And the question I have for you this morning, is this the right tack? Is it time now for the government to ditch net zero targets? Your thoughts, please. 03444991000. Text the word talk in your message to 87222 and tweet us at TalkTV. Coming up after the break, we'll take you through all of this morning's papers. This is TalkTV. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 